ho, ho, and Merry Christmas, everyone, one and all. It is the one and only St. Nicholas. It's it's actually me. It's, it's Aaron Martin. Uh, but anyways, hello, Merry Christmas to one and all. I am here with my co-host, Brian LaFlame, and we are here to talk about Wall Street, possibly leaving the real estate industry. Not if they have their way with it. Brian, what do you have to say about this, my young chap? One thing I want to say thank you for clarifying that this was indeed Aaron Morrow. I thought I was on the wrong podcast for a while. That's oh, I wrong. knew you were easily fooled, Brian. Easily fooled. So, <laughs> yeah, today we're going to talk about a bill that was introduced by Jeff Merkley from Oregon and Representative Adam Smith from Washington. Aaron and I are in Washington and from Washington. Uh, that would ban hedge funds from purchasing single-family homes. It's just single-family homes for now. Uh, but it would ban hedge funds from purchasing single family homes and would force them to sell off the single family homes that they have um, at 10, 10% of their entire portfolio every year for 10 years until they get to zero. For some color on this, right now, or not right now, the latest numbers we have from June 2022, uh, the Urban Institute estimated that hedge funds owned 574,000 single family homes. If we want to put that in perspective, as of November of this year, or excuse me, yeah, as of November of this year, Realtor.com says that we have 754,846 total active listings in the market. So 500 something, 500 plus as of June 2022, and they haven't stopped buying. As of June 2022, hedge funds own 500,000 plus single family homes. They're as of November. So this, this is December 23, right before Christmas. I don't know if you could tell from Santa. Uh but last month we had just over 750,000 active listings for a country of 330 million people. That's insane. Wow. That doesn't count. The active listings <clears throat> take into account houses that are on the market without offers accepted and houses that are on the market with offers accepted just haven't gotten to closing yet. So that's not, we don't even have 754,000 homes for sale. We just have 754,000 homes that haven't quite yet closed. That is big news. Huge. That is is huge news. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think about that, Realtor? Well, I've been uh, I've been pondering this for a while now because I think, uh, you know, I I was talking about it in our previous podcast about how um, Wall Street, these big, large companies owning these rentals. And just the the idea of a company being able to own several, we're not even talking about does it, you know, because we're not talking about a mom and pop owning, you know, a portfolio of 20 properties, 70 properties. We're talking about companies that own hundreds of properties, you know, apartment complexes. But we're not even talking about the apartment complex space. We're talking about these single family homes. They can buy duplexes. They can buy single. Yep. Yeah, these single family properties that traditionally with the American dream were to be purchased by you, the homeowner, people that wanted to purchase these properties to live in, you know. Now, of course, there are plenty of investors out there that purchased, you know, had the idea to purchase single family homes to rent out as well, mm-hmm. you know, and there is always that option and there's always. Uh, the the person out there that wants to rent a single family home and 
completely fine. But I think part of the issue here is I think the market has gotten oversaturated, overinflated uh, due to the fact that a large part of it has been bought up by Wall Street. And Wall mm-hmm. Street having these deep pockets to just go in there and power through and outbid any other investor and being able to just take up these large amount of portfolio of single family house where traditionally this was a sacred space for homeowners and uh, small mom and pop investors uh, to really kind of make their way through the, the field. I think this is a good thing as far as being able to control and limit. Now, I mean, I think this kind of goes hand in hand on a bunch of other stuff going on. You know, there's, uh, there's certain areas, um, not to go off on a tangent here too, but it's your podcast, um, man, tangent. Yeah. Well, you know, there's, there's different parts of the U S that are kind of putting some limits on Airbnb right now, you know, mm-hmm. and there's the whole idea is Airbnb such a good thing for everyone, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there's pros and cons to Airbnb and how it works. I see pros and cons on both sides. Um, I've stayed at Airbnb quite often, you know, so I like staying at Airbnbs, but um, listening to how uh, people who have owned Airbnbs and what it does to the community around uh, people who owns these Airbnbs, it's, there's arguments on both sides, you know? Um, Now, who owns mainly Airbnbs, that's a completely different thing because that's not, we're not talking about these big corporations owning these long-term rentals, you know, that are in the single family space. So getting Wall Street out of the single family game and letting the homeowner have a more fighting chance and the Mm -hmm. first time home buyer having a better fighting chance to get into home ownership. I think it's a win for everyone. I think wall street has plenty of other avenues to find where they can put their money in investing. I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Brian? I mean, I think it's genius for hedge funds to be able to do this. You get an asset that you can control the appreciation and depreciation. If you go in and buy a bunch, you can price control that. You buy a bunch in a single area, you get a dividend every month of, rent and you get a dividend of rent uh, by charging people if you control the market whatever you want for a thing of basic necessity which is housing and it gets genius by them it's evil genius they get an appreciating asset uh they get dividends every month uh and then you know just like we talk about every day to our uh, single family home buyers and mom and pop investors this is the path to wealth for almost all millionaires real estate this is how people get started or what they fill their portfolio with once they've started uh, and so I think it's genius by them. I think it is horrible for the market, uh, allowing uh, money to come in and do something like this. I think it's why we have a regulated uh, um, capitalistic society. Uh, this is I where agree. government steps in with regulation. Uh, we have yep. in Tacoma uh, measure one um, in uh, November of last year that, or this year, excuse me, uh, that has a kind of, um, bird's eye view of what it was, it would limit the ability for landlords to evict their tenants for non-payment. And I think that 
the city of Tacoma was thinking about these hedge funds when they did this. The reality is most investors are you and me, mom and pop. They owned a house. They moved up when their kids, when their family grew, but they didn't really want to sell their house yet because they wanted to keep it in the family. Um, they wanted to pass it down to their kids. For, maybe it wasn't the market to sell for whatever reason. And then they become landlords of their house. Most own one to three rental properties. It's uh, their retirement plan. It's a modest living that'll uh, help them generate wealth. They're not these hedge funds. Getting Right now we have historically low housing inventory still. Not the lowest ever, but still close to it. We have right. historically low vacancy rates in rentals and in um, uh, purchase in the purchase housing market. So we don't have a whole lot to give people. Um, to put in perspective, like I said, when we introed this, uh, as of June, hedge funds owned about 500 and was it over 540? Um, what did I write that down? Yeah, 574, about 574,000. And then for reference, Realtor.com says that in November of 2023, which is last month, we had a total of 754,846 homes on the market for sale. This is, that's crazy numbers. Imagine what it would help affordability and availability in housing uh, for the people that we work with most of the time. Uh, for some home buyers, we talked in our last podcast about what's going on with interest rates and broke down a little bit the what's and the whys, uh, and how housing inventory doesn't get better in a low in, or in a low interest rate environment. As rates go down, housing inventory goes down with it uh, because sellers become buyers. If you get out of your three or four percent mortgage to go to a five or six, you're a net zero in the inventory uh, space. And over a third of all home buyers are first-time home buyers, so it is new buyers entering the market without a house to sell to add to it. So they're worse than a net zero. And about ninety-three percent of first-time home buyers mortgage their home; they don't pay cash for it. And we see purchase application data continue to increase, so we can see this wave of demand that's coming. If we could find a way to get supply to meet that demand, that would be incredible. You know a little bit more about I do uh, than I do about um, what. Seattle and other surrounding cities are doing with uh, ADUs and being able to short plot your property and being able to add some affordable housing inventory um, by building on your own lot and selling it off. You can talk about that. That is one solution. The other solution is how about we just get, how about we don't jack up prices for everyday people, everyday people's basic necessity of living by having hedge funds come in and purchase so many of these. It's like that guy who was, I think we lost Brian for a second. Let's see if we get him back, folks. <laughs> now I'm wondering what Brian. Oh, hey Brian, we lost you there for a second. You were I saw that you're about to say. Oh, you saw them in the background. Okay, well, just to let everyone know that was hanging on to every word you say. You were about to say it was like when I was talking to. And then it cut out. So mm, I don't remember. I said so much and said no. Uh, it was <laughs> like I don't know if you guys remember Martin Shelley or whatever his name was, uh, who bought. What did he do? Um, he he bought um, uh, Daraprim, the rights to Daraprim, some life saving okay. medicine, 2023, 2022, something like that, 2021, and jacked the price way, 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 way up. Uh, so you had this medicine that was on the market. 
It was this price. He comes in and buys it, has a monopoly on it, jacks the price way up. Yeah. Uh, he was on TV. He was just this real smug looking guy. Like, yeah, sorry, I own it now. This is what you're going to pay. And he got taken to court for it. It's similar to that. This is, it's not the same because it's medicine, but housing is a very real need. Uh, and it is a basic necessity that is being bantied about and, and strings are being pulled to where we sit across from people every day and say, I'm really sorry, housing prices have gone to this because of this. And now your payment is this and you can or cannot afford it. I think it's, yeah. I think it's great. I don't think the bill is going to pass. I think there's too much lobbying money in it, but I think it's a great start. I think it's almost certain the bill won't pass. Yeah. I, and that's, that's what I, that's what I'm really afraid of, but like, not even afraid of, I just, it's, I'm not trying to be pessimistic here. I just, I feel like that's just how it's going to be. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's just um, realistic. There's too much yeah. money in it. And eventually this is the introduction of it. And this is a solution that's been presented. That I think people can get behind. And then the voice of the people will end up speaking and it will yeah. some sort some form of this will eventually pass. Not soon enough, not as soon as we would like, but this this form of the bill, this first iteration, is not going to do anything. Else, except yeah, for I, if people like us talk about it and get it out in the public mind, uh, um, square. I I completely agree, but I mean, at least we're you know bringing more of people aware of it. Um, yeah. One one cool thing, and maybe we can dive more into it as more research comes to light on it because it's it's pretty new. I know it's passed local locally here. And cities have so long to fully um, adopt the interpretation to enforce it in each in, in, in any given city right here. Uh, but there is um, uh, there is the legislation in the greater Seattle area right now for um, or the law for the middle housing right now. So we've got um, some cool things going on where in a lot of areas you can um, in single family residents, you can build. Uh, duplex. Um, so cool. Or, yeah. And then they also have an ADU bill. So you can build an accessory dwelling unit almost like on any lot, as long as uh, now there, I mean, obviously there are certain, obviously like restrictions with like, you have to have the size to literally put it in there, but they've almost uplifted almost any restriction where there were once one to not be able to put one in there. Now you can put them in there. So they're really, uh, this area is trying to combat uh, just the density of everyone living here and not enough space to put people in homes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and FHA are uh, uh, um, updated their guidelines too, to allow more income from ADUs when somebody applies for a loan. And a house has an ADU on it as well. So um, that means if you own a home and you want to build an ADU and then you sell that house, uh, you could have potentially more people qualify because they can use some of that rental income from the ADU. I uh, saw that. And I house. saw, um, and maybe you can speak on that. And I don't remember what the specific numbers were, but it was almost like someone could get qualified for something, even if it, if they were saying the potential was they intend on building versus they'll get qualified for more if it already has one there. Is that correct? I don't know. I don't know about okay. that. Yeah. Honestly, too, my buddies are really, really, really smart lending guideline guys. I'm not that. I'm, I know where to get yeah. the information, but on the spot, nah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we I, have I uh, we we have investors that are starting to look into this more. That we're and we're trying to research it more because it's the, the problem with it is there's the general regulation now. So all of the counties are like, okay, great. This is the 
this is the guidelines and these are the rules. Basically, anywhere where there's residential, you can now build a duplex and potentially build a fourplex uh, depending on some some other guidelines. It's like very generalized. But now it goes down to the city levels where they have up till certain time frame to adopt that. And then one thing that will um, sort of uh, one caveat that kind of takes you out of the race of being able to uh, count towards this is if you're on septic. So you need to be hooked up to Skinner to be able to uh, uh, take advantage of this middle housing. That's probably that smart. Yeah. Yeah. And look, even if you put another septic in, you know, or uh, upgrade your septic to fit more. I know my house has the main house in an ADU and we have a septic for each. Right. Yeah. So I think, I think that in, this is just so soon, a lot more is going to be talking about it. And it's, it's so soon that the news hasn't really been, this isn't on the forefront <laughs> of it, but I'm sure the general news in the local Seattle area is going to be talking more about this when it's fully adopted, which uh, I'm trying to remember if that's going to actually be July of this year or July of next year. So it's either 2024 or 2025, but the yeah. news will actually pick up on it once it's actually solidified everywhere, you know? Um, I think so. And it's kind of, right now. I mean, we like it because it's our job and we chose to do this as a career, but it's kind of boring unless yeah. you are looking to buy or sell a house, unless you're in that spot in life then it makes right. sense. Then then it's important yeah. to you and, and you're interested in it. So I, I can see why the news isn't picking most of this up because it's, unless you're buying or selling, nobody really cares. We care yeah. because we help people who are buying and who are selling. Uh, yeah. And so we have to know this information, but yeah, I think it'll be more widely spread as it catches on more and people have these experiences they can talk about. Well, I did this and this is how it helped me. Exactly. Exactly. So we're just, I'm going to be looking into it a whole lot more for all my clients as it becomes more relevant and more clients need to adopt it. I have a few investors that are really wanting to actually starting to take advantage of it now, but there's some, you know, a lot of investors are like, well, I don't want to buy anything now when I can't really actually take advantage of building something on a, a lot till a year from now, you know? So, um, so yeah. how much of that, let's talk about this a little bit. How much of that screams I'm going to buy when rates go down? Um, if yeah. I think if there's something we can impart from this podcast, these lives, it is act before everybody else does. If you I see know. Something I know. The pipe. Yeah. Take advantage of it now and get out in front of it. It's like uh, uh, Wayne Gretzky said: skates where the puck is going, not where it is. Yeah. It's where it's going. So if yeah, you see this agree. coming, up, people are going to be able to increase the value of their houses with this legislation. Let's go. Get on it. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred. One hundred percent. Yeah, there was, um, let's go. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I, uh, so there, uh, there was someone that I was, uh, talking to, um, uh, a while ago that (laughs) that I was talking to, uh, there was someone that I was talking to a while back, uh, that was looking to buy in the, uh, Seattle area for a while, kept following up with them. Uh, and then just randomly, they told me the other day when I followed up with them again, they just surprised me out of nowhere. And they're like, hey, we just spur of the moment, we we bought three hours away. I'm like, oh, how does that work with your work situation? And they're like, yeah, we have to suck it up. Because so they're commuting like to work now. Yeah. Oof. I'm like three hours. That, yeah. Yeah. 
I'm like, is your work situation ever going to change? And they're like, probably not. And I'm I went like, to Oregon this earlier this week uh, for some work stuff. And that was like a three hour drive and driving there and driving back with traffic. I was in the car for seven hours just that day. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, and I, I can easily do three hours cumulatively with everywhere I'm going, you know, between all the three counties that I cover, King, Kirsten, mm-hmm. Snohomish, especially if like, I really try to get it to where I'm not like zigzagging, you know, if a client takes me down yeah. to Olympia, then back up to Snohomish and then back down right. to King. But, um, I mean, I can't imagine that being like your commuting three and then three and then that's six total, you know, that's every that's, day and during rush hour. There aren't enough podcasts in the world, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't have, no, that doesn't sound like a Christmas gift to me. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but you know what? It probably works for them. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. So how do you think this uh, this hedge fund control of American Homes Act um, is going? That's what it's called. Is going to, how do you think it's going to work its way through? Because it's not getting a whole lot of publicity outside of people like us. Yeah, I don't think it is. I don't think it's getting a whole lot of track. I mean, I think a lot of us are getting excited on it, but at the same time, like, it's like an exciting thing to hear, like almost like a wishful dream, but like it probably won't go yeah. through, you know? And Not that's right why, away. We're years away yeah. from it, starting the conversation. Yeah, but I think this is like the first shot at trying to first crack yeah. at it, you know? Because like yep. this is what has to happen with legislation. Nothing ever gets passed on the first round. Like you mm-hmm. take multiple shots at something till you hit the target, you know? Um, so I think they're going to have to do a couple of rounds. Of, and we know how Congress is, especially on both sides of the aisle. They're going to go back and forth on something like this, and they're going to be multiple renditions on it. People are going to compromise on both sides. They're going to throw random stuff in it that are nothing to do with resident, you know, you yep. know, one side is going to be like, well, I want to throw something put in, pork in for something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're going to, you know, lobby something with, you know, with food, you know, and they're going to throw that in there too, you know? So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, this one's probably not going to get passed, but the, the sheer fact that we're here where they're finally train taking their first crack at it. And it's 2023 says a lot because we have these huge startups or not start. I shouldn't say startups, huge monolith companies, like not even, not even just, fully real estate companies, right? But we have other, I'm not going to name them, but tech companies that have also kind of, kind of uh, uh, gone off and created these uh, companies where you can hold stock in real estate, you know, like REITs, right? Yep. I don't know if you've heard of REITs, but like- Real estate investment trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's almost like they're training- a lot of um, millennials or like even like the generation after, not sure what that's called yet, you know, but the generation below millennials, if we've crossed that threshold. Gen Z. Gen Gen Z. Z, Yeah. Gen Z. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course. I don't know why I forgot that term. Uh, Gen Z. They ate Tide Pods. No wonder they called them Gen Z. That's the last. (laughs) Um, I think they're training them to be like, well, you know, it's this tough to buy real estate and it's this expensive. It's not really attractive anymore to own a home and you don't want that permanency. I mean, there's a, it's almost like they're training them that the American dream isn't attractive anymore to go after and like actually owning something that's not attractive anymore. And it's more attractive to, to rent and be fluid in not owning something and, 
it's more attractive on more quicker results on what like cryptocurrency and getting higher return on investment a lot quicker on stuff. So mm-hmm. how about instead of owning a home, how about you just own portions in these trusts, you know, or that and fractional um, ownership. Jeff Bezos yeah. started a company. Yeah. I forget the name of it offhand of fractional ownership, which maybe that's the way yeah. the market will go. It's going to be something has to change. And I think this but is then, but, that, but then that here's the thing at the end of the day, you, you're not in that home. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, Here's the thing at the end of the day, I'm in the, I'm living in the home. That's also an investment for me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's appreciating for me, but I also get to participate in it being my dwelling and my, it's the unique you know? um, value of real estate. You, you buy a car, you get to use it, but it loses value right away. You buy a house, you get to live in it. You get to make it the way that you want it to. You get to build memories in it. Christmas morning is coming up for people to celebrate that. You get all of these incredible and tangible benefits while this increases right. in value. Uh, right. And that's that's uh, unique to pretty much real estate. Um, the You know, you can, people invest in things like sneakers that go up in value or baseball cards. And you can get, just like a stock, you can get some value out of that, but you can't really use it. Um, if you use the shoes, they're going to go down in value. Real estate is different that way. Um, and, you know, maybe that'll be important to people. Maybe it won't. But I don't think that that part of it ever goes away of I have to live inside somewhere. I mean, there's a lot of van living, but not I'm, gonna, I'm most likely going to be living inside. And if I'm going to be living inside, it is almost always, not always, but almost always in my best interest to own the thing I live in so that I can both live inside and benefit from the appreciation and the amortization of houses going up value and paying down. I agree. Yeah. I completely agree. And I think, you know, um, it's just like I've been saying, it's, yeah, you are. I've even taken a sip of, I've got my water and I've got my Dr. Pepper Zero right here. Um, All right. Anyways, uh, because I already drank my coffee. Um, So I think it's just a different, the, the problem is it's not just a different generational thing, but it's a completely different time that we're living in right now, which is, I, it's the progress of society. Like, it's going to go one way or another. I, I, I totally get it too. Like, mm-hmm. I understand. I tell this, I sympathize with people. Like, it's harder to buy now than it was mm-hmm. when I bought in 2014. You know, that's just, that's how it is. But in some, in some aspects, you actually have less competition right now. Currently, very right now, like very present <laughs> right now than I did in 2014, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so like, that's just like, there's, there's pros and cons to every market when it comes to home ownership. And there's pros and cons on both sides of the aisle, whether you're a buyer or a seller, you know? Yeah. So not every market is always going to have, it's one completely one-sided where, everything's in favor of the seller and everything's in favor of the buyer. And this is why mm-hmm. I always bring it home to like, it's so important to just start your real estate journey, whether you're buying and selling, talk to someone that you know, like, and trust to just go over all your options and figure out what the next first step is. When, when should you start that process? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's, you said it was easier to buy a house in 2014 than it is now. And you can go back almost any time in history and say it was easier than, than now. And I don't see how that's not going to continue. People wait until 2025, 2026, because they have a certain uh, narrative about the market, are going to regret it. People that wait till 25, 26, because they have to, 
go to school, life changes, job changes, real estate ownership doesn't make sense to them right now. That's fine. That, that's a lot of people in society. And we get it. But yeah. And that's a lot of people, it, yeah. like you just said. Yeah. Real estate went up a bunch in 2020, 2021. It continued to go up in 2022. And despite a lot of naysayers, it also went up in 2023. A lot of people didn't think that. We did. But it also went up in 2023. And so people are like, well, it's eventually it has to go down. It can't keep going up. I'm going to throw a stat out at you. Between 1943 and 1947, prices, real estate prices compounded 118%. Do you know what they did after that? They continued to go up for 43 years in a row. Between 1974 and 79, prices compounded 93%. You know what they did after that? They went up for 10 years in a row and then had one year of negative 1% appreciation, down by 1%. Yep. And then went up for another 14 consecutive years. So 24 out of 25 years, they increased. Real estate went down in 2007 through 2011. Sure, of course it did. But then it went up from 2012 all the way through 2013, 23, and is showing no signs of letting up. We will always be able to look back on the past and say, I wish I would have then. You don't yeah. have to, though. You can look yeah. at it now and look back and say, instead of I wish I would have then, I'm so glad I did then. How glad are you, Aaron, that you bought your house in 2014? Oh, so glad. Was but it you a bit what? of a stretch? Were you kind of surprised? Like, oh my gosh, I, I'm taking on a mortgage. I'm buying a house. I think every real. time you buy, any anytime you're buying your first home, if unless unless you're my clients, like uh, in my uh, that. By the way, shameless plug. You can go check out my uh, video testimonial playlist on YouTube, and they're my most recent video testimony you can check them out on there unless you're my clients there where they bought at where they've been renting after 32 years and they've owned a business where they're making millions of dollars from that business and they're buying luxury property as their first property i Hold think on. you're in yeah okay i want i want to talk about those people yeah yeah i you know this story i worked for that man when i was in high school I know you did. Yeah. I'm not, I don't want to out their name on here. I don't want to out their name either because you don't, yeah. they don't know me from high school. But yeah, what a small world. Uh, yeah. That, that I was like, wait a second, because I'm in my 40s. So high school was yeah. a long time ago. That's how long this man has been building this business. We're not saying like he's been putting his money into that and he did, and he did well for himself. I'm so, so proud of instance, them. I think um, they, yeah. I think that was such an amazing story. Mm -hmm. And I was so honored to work for them and help them buy their first house. And I'm so glad that, um, they so real quick, they were, uh, they were referred to me by their daughter who was a past client of mine. So I helped her daughter and her husband, uh, buy and sell, uh, like mm -hmm. I think at the beginning of the pandemic, um, in locally in the area as well. So <laughs> again, that's one thing. I just love the stories that we collect along the years and the people that we yeah. get to work with and who we can connect with. But I think that was so amazing that it's just such a small world that you worked with him way back in the day, you know? And he's a great um, example of, you know what, maybe it does make sense to wait because I'm building a business. Maybe it does. Yeah. Maybe right? it does. We're not yeah. saying everybody should buy. What we're saying is everybody should look at the option of it and then oh, yeah. decide if it's best for them. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what he did. And that's what he told me that he did. But then I have plenty of other people in my video testimonials that are more like, like, like you just mentioned when we bought, you know, my wife and I were, I think, what was I? I think I was 24. I want to say when I bought my first house. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I think I would mention like you, it was like, 
oh my gosh, this is a big investment, you know, like need to crunch uh, numbers, like make sure we're doing I, this right. I'm a for like, real adult now. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was proud of that. You know, I was yeah. proud of, I, I'll admit it on here, guys. I bought my home in 2014 for $282,000. I could put it on the market today for $640,000. And all you did was live. It just yeah. existed. I mean, I've done some rented. minor updates. My my foster dog has chewed up my back deck a little bit, but so I love him so much. So anyways. <laughs> <laughs> if you anyways. are going to be adopting this dog, just know that his cuteness goes above and beyond. Oh, he's already adopted, so hopefully they right. didn't hear this, but you know, I'll warn them about the, the tuna. He's the <laughs> this is a, why you get an inspection when you buy a house or get a dog. <laughs> or get a dog. Yeah, no. Um, you know what's interesting? That that we had he was so popular. He had uh he had um 14, no, 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 no. He had like 19 foster applications. We went through like three people back to back wanting to see him, and we had a, like a line behind him, right? So it was like the third person. Uh, thankfully the second no the the first couple saw them they fell in love but they weren't ready to adopt yet because they weren't ready they were still mourning the the loss of their previous dog mm-hmm. right it was like six months ago second person that was wanting to adopt him they were kind of very wishy-washy on it and their whole idea they they're like well we really want like this whole like can't we just like bring him home to try him out for a couple of weeks and see if we want to adopt him or not? And it's like, that's just not the way the adopt, you know, an adoption process works, yeah. you know? Um, so, but then third, third people came over, fell in love, instant connection. I'm like, yep, they're the ones super solid. And now we're babysitting them through Christmas while they're on the holiday break. So um, this is the best deal ever for you. Yeah. You so my daughter still Aww. gets this foster dog through Christmas. You know, he's in our Christmas photo, which, mm. uh, is here. I'll put it uh, real quick on the screen for you all. Yeah, let's see that good boy. Look at that good boy. There you go. There's Tango right here. Oh. Yep, Can I tell you that? Hold on. Go back to that picture. We're going to talk about me because obviously. Yeah. This <laughs> picture happened. I had this plate of potatoes. Uh, so for Thanksgiving, I do shirt and tie, of course, and sometimes a blazer uh, because it's a very formal holiday and the best of all the holidays in the history of the world. And then I do like sweatpants because I'm going to do some work at that table. So this was after dinner and I was eating a plate of uh, mashed potatoes and my sister came up and hit the bottom of it right into my face. <laughs> was right, oh, and then someone got a picture of it right after that. So she had just like create, like pied me in the face just before. Oh that. man. That's awesome. Well, I thought me. it was good for the thumbnail for sure. Yep. It was, it was hilarious. That was good. Well, everyone, again, we just want to remind you have a merry, wonderful Christmas and a happy holiday season. Um, you know, again, just to bring this home, we don't know if this will go through likely not, but you know, this would, I think this would be a really good thing for the real estate industry as a whole for, especially a big win for home buyers and home sellers. So just anyone looking in the single family space and renters looking to become buyers too, this will help everyone, including renters. If you want to help rental prices in the long-term game. If you want to help affordability for first-time home buyers, um, stabilize the market better. Um, I think getting Wall Street out of, out of the single family space is a huge win. And Congress taking their first crack at it, I think is a good sign. And now let's see how many cracks it hey, takes. 
you know, call your congressperson, Aaron. We're yeah. gonna put the, the so this bill is only like 14 pages long. Uh, mm-hmm. can we put show okay, you pull it up and I'll put it up on the screen. Yeah, um, all right, you ready? Well, I, can I put? Can you put show notes in, like, in where we put the podcast or not comments? Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> can I what? Because Sorry. Can you put? Can you? We can just put links into the like where the podcast is going to be. I can, yeah. So everyone, I can put this. Um, I'll put the uh, so on the YouTube channel. I'll put the links in the description. Now, all the other social media sites, they don't like links in the description. They kill the our reach, and you guys can't see them, but you will see. The link in the comments. Everywhere else. Okay. Yep. So we're, we're going to provide the link to this bill. Call your congressperson. That's what you can do. Call your yeah. congressperson and tell yeah. them, hey, um, what is this bill called again? Um, it is called like the hedge fund get out of housing bill or something. In yeah. hedge fund control of American Homes Act. Uh, mm-hmm. Call. Call your congressperson and say, hey, this should pass. I want you to vote yes on this. Call them, call them, email them, call them. We'll put the bill, uh, the actual bill link. It's only 14 pages. Like Aaron said, there's going to be a lot of pork that's added. It'll probably be 1,014 pages by the time it gets voted on. But the crux of it is let's help home affordability in a way that is sustainable. Let's have families purchase single family homes. Let's have you know single men and single women and single uh, whatever gender you are, the ability to move into something that is yours either or Either that or the ability to pay affordable rent because jacking yeah. up the rent when you own all the houses on the block is pretty easy to do. Yeah. No, super easy to do. Mm-hmm. Barely an inconvenience. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so we will pa- it barely inconvenience me to raise your rent. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Scrooge. Uh, <laughs> yes. Let's be Bob Cratchit this. And uh, what, what's the other guy's name? Tim. Uh, Tiny Tim. T- uh, Not t- Scrooge. Tiny Tim. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. thanks, guys. We'll put those links in uh, where Aaron said they will so that you guys can call your congressperson. And a link yeah, to and your congressperson. One, yeah, 100%. Um, 100%. Well, again, happy holidays, everyone. One quick reminder. Brian LaFlame here. Local Washington State mortgage lender through Movement Mortgage. And uh, I have no slogan for Brian, but I'm just going to make one up on the spot. With the power so- of through power of home ownership, he'll help move your mortgage to cement your dreams into home ownership. Nope, that was terrible. Yeah, that rolled off the time like nobody's eyes uh, amazing. <laughs> and Aaron Marr here, your local realtor in the greater Seattle area. I serve buyers and sellers in King, Pierce, and Snohomish counties. I get call sex and emails every day from people just like you looking to make your move in the greater Seattle area or buy or sell houses here in the greater Seattle area. So whether you're looking to make your move in nine days or nine months, give me a call, shoot me a text, send me an email, or my favorite, schedule a Zoom meeting with me. All of the information can be found below in the description. And until don't schedule on Christmas, though, I'm blocking that out. And until next time, I hope to be showing you around town. See you guys on the next podcast. We're probably not going to do one next week. So we're going to see you next year, folks. Have a great day and happy holidays. (laughs) 